unique ways with Thomas Gerard emerges with people from all walks of life who through their own unique angle succeed and flourish. Enjoy the ride and welcome to Unique Ways, an audio podcast. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, an audio podcast. We have a notable guest on today. She's a leading expert on trust in the modern world. Her two critically acclaimed books, What's Mine is Yours and Who Can You Trust, have been translated into 14 languages. She's been recognized as one of the world's 30 most influential management thinkers by Thinkers 50 and honored as a young global leader by the World Economic Forum. Her TED Talks have been viewed more than 5 million times. Please join me in welcoming and honoring Rachel Botsman. Welcome. Hi, it's good to be here, Thomas. Are you ready for 20 questions? 20. I'm ready for 20 questions. <laughs> Question one, tell me a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? <laughs> That's the hardest question. Um, I guess the way I would describe myself first is I am an artist, I guess. Um, my love, my passion has always been visualizing very complex things in ways that make people emotionally connect or think of something differently. And that started often life as art forms and then gradually became written work and teaching work and found a specialization in the area of trust, which is actually very hard to visualize. So I think in images versus words um, and I'm very passionate about bringing together the worlds of design and business and academia because I think there can be something quite magic that happens in that fusion. Great. And just to note for our audience, um, if you're liking the episodes with female leaders, uh, watch out for our upcoming episode with Jessica Hish. Um, so question two is, what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different? A key piece of knowledge that I have that makes me different? Yeah. Um. Well... I guess that I've spent 15 years studying trust through the lens of very different disciplines mm. from um, things you'd expect, like behavioral psychology and social sciences, but also economics, history, the arts. Um, so it's really a polymath approach to understanding one thing. And every time I think I'm done with trust, I discover a sibling or an aspect that I don't understand, or I think there is a misconception in the world that needs reframing. Great. Um, number three, why this of all things? Why do you do what you do? <laughs> um. I take great joy in helping people think differently. And I think trust is one of those things in our lives that it's a bit like oxygen or as someone once described it to me, it's a bit like um, a goldfish that swims around in a bowl and doesn't even notice the water is there. And then as soon as you take the water out, it starts gasping for air. And I think with all the talk of 
distrust in the world and all these institutions collapsing. Um, there's a real need for a voice that reminds people of how important trust is to our lives and the positive role that it's played, unlocking innovation, enabling us to take risk where it's the place of raw discovery and, you know, nothing new happens in the known, it's all in the unknown. And to do that, you have to have trust. So that's why I do what I do. Great. Um, so people struggle with number four, but the question is, what does your future look like? What does my future look like? Um, well, as someone who who weirdly thrives in uncertainty, creative uncertainty, but is also a meticulous planner, um, I have a really clear picture. You know, both, uh, you know, I have two kids, so they are 12 and 10. So I have uh, still a lot of parenting to do. Um, I don't think it's going to be that different from what I do now in terms of writing books and teaching. I think I'll be making more art again. Um, and I hope in the near future to move back to living by the sea because swimming and the ocean are my loves. Perfect. Um, five, we say, is unique to this show. And the question is, let's talk about location. How does the notion of place play into what you do? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, place and space are really important to me. So I am someone that needs to feel deeply anchored um, and settled to think and produce work. Um, also needs um, to move and to be exposed to lots of different spaces and cultures to be filled up. So I really think about that balance a lot in my life, um, the place where I sort of synthesize work and bring it all together is a place of stillness, but sort of the threads um, come from movement. And I'm really lucky that I've been able to live and work, I think now on every continent apart from Antarctica. So I've been to a lot of places. Nice. Um, six is, if you had to start from the beginning, what advice would you give your former younger self? But chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... Um, Career-wise, I think, um, you know, I, I really did explore lots of different directions and continue to do so. But I would say, yeah, I held on to things very tightly and probably worried too much um, about, uh, I don't want to say the standard of my work, because I think it's really important to have high standards, but I could have let go and let more people in more. Seven, what's a day in your life like? Hmm. Uh, so when I'm home and in my anchored place, um, a typical day is uh, I get up early, six o'clock. Um, my husband walks our dog um, and I try and get everything ready for the day, both in terms of mentally prepared before my kids get up 
then I get them ready. And um, I'm a big believer in a big breakfast. So there's always a big breakfast. Um, and some days I exercise first thing. Um, and other days I really find I can do the most work in the first two hours of the day. So sometimes I can produce eight hours work between eight and 10. Um, and then uh, it depends what I'm doing. So if I'm writing, I will write, I walk my dog, I'll read. Um, and then some days are much more publicly facing. Um, so teaching, doing speaking. And sometimes I'm working with partners on different projects, which take me into all kinds of spaces from art galleries to studios. Um, so no, no two days are the same. Great, and eight is around lifelong learning. It's a popular topic. How do you stay up to date? Oh, that's another good question. Um, I, I do a few things. I read a lot. I read a lot of books, I should say. Um, so I'm very lucky that I get sent a lot of books from publishers and I probably read two books a week. Um, I don't consume a lot of news online. So if you ask me what was going on in the week, um, and that's quite intentional. Um, in terms of sort of the daily news, I get that from podcasts and the radio. Um, and then my real learning comes from usually reading something and realizing how little I understand. And then I dive really deep, um, more like a traditional academic or researcher where I will just consume everything I can on that topic. So I am broad in my consumption of information in terms of the range of books I read, and then I will spend months trying to understand something. But I don't read, I hardly read any social media, to be honest. Nice. And nine is tools. Um, do you use both digital and analog tools? Very much so. So I am analog in the sense that I have, I'm looking at them now. I have two notebooks. Um, Actually, I have three notebooks. I have one which is like more to-do lists. So things I need to get through, uh, conversations I might have with partners I'm working with or clients. Um, so that's sort of like more functional information capture. Um, and then I have a notebook where I sketch out ideas and write lots of notes on a project I'm focusing on. So like right now I'm working on a new book. So that's that. And then I have a more, um, a little notebook where I just capture, I guess, random thoughts and ideas. So that's my analog. Um, I also use post-its um, and storyboards to write speeches. So I visually write speeches versus um, writing them in words. And then um, digitally, I find my most useful tools are, I love Instapaper saving things and putting them into folders. Um, I use Slack to work with partners, but also to send things to myself. Um, and I love uh, Superhuman for email. 
And then the other key tool I use, which is digital, is called Procreate, which is on the iPad, which is where I can quickly sketch and iterate ideas. Great. And 10, how do you deal with work-life balance or life-work balance? Um, I've always struggled with that question, to be honest. I think, um, I guess with kids, <coughs> excuse me, the key, sorry, someone's making Mexican in my house and I can smell the spices. So, um, with the work-life balance thing with kids, um, I've become, I guess, a master at compartmentalization so when I am working I am a hundred percent focused on the work but then as soon as I shut my door and turn my computer off and turn the light off I can gear change and focus on them um and the, the hardest piece um has actually been learn learning that the same focus needs to happen on myself so I think it's really easy to give your work everything to give your kids everything and then you're like well <laughs> I don't really give myself or my husband that kind of focus and how you bring that back in um and also uh learning to have more fun as you get older um I think is really important I I look around at a lot of my friends and life has become quite serious and all-consuming and I think Having fun is part of finding that balance and letting go. Nice. Eleven, if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? Mm, I'd probably be a full-time artist, potentially a school teacher to younger children. I love to teach. Um, or something to do with the curation of a space. So like running a beautiful space, whether that's a garden or a cafe or a place where people meet. I think it would be one of those three things. What would you not like to do with your career? What would I not like to do? Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Hmm. I, that's a really good question. Um, what would I not like to do with my career? I, I'd never want to be someone that stands still. So, that it just got comfortable to stand mm. in the same place. That mm. would be my biggest fear. So that you're just recycling ideas and content because people would still pay for them. I'd never want to do that. I probably couldn't work in one medium or category. So if someone said, you you know, you've got to um, just write books. Uh, I'd really struggle with that. Um, Oh, I'd never just want to become a public speaker or a futurist or something like that. I just would find that very draining. Mm. Do you have a favorite word, quote, or sentence? Sorry? 
Do you have a favorite word, quote, or sentence? Um, not, I, not one per se, I have to be honest. I mean, I think a lot about um, the viewpoints of artists. So I think a lot about sort of, you know, Picasso is the first act of creation is first of all destruction. So I think a lot about mess and noise and what seems like nonsense and how, what emerges from that. So I, I guess they're the quotes that sort of, yeah, run through my head, but nothing like pinned to the wall. How about a least favorite word quote or sentence? Um, uh, I, Um, oh, I hate things like never doubt yourself. But like, I just think that's rubbish. Like, or, like it's this, this conflation of sort of doubt and self-confidence and imposter syndrome. And I just, I just think, yeah, like this, this idea that you should, these words that have become really negative and turned into platitudes, that stuff drives me nuts. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what word would you choose? <laughs> I think you should ask someone else that question, but um, um, I think it depends on context. Um, so I would say... Um, it's a it's a word we use a lot, but I would say curious. Um, mm -hmm. I I am curious about people. I'm curious about life. I'm curious about learning how things work, about ideas. That's yeah. That's probably central to who I am. Sixteen. What keeps you up at night? <laughs> oh I'm I'm terrible at night I my mind my mind sometimes is unraveling things and spinning them over in quite a productive way so I I, I I my mind at night is like a spider web where it's I can feel it making all these connections that I've been trying to figure out in the day and and that can be wonderful because you wake up and it is that feeling of getting something and then at the same time the other sort of rumination that drives me nuts is where I like kind of focus on one thing, like one thing someone has said to me or one thing that I have to say to someone and I just spin it over and over and over again. So I, I wouldn't say, I think they go hand in hand, you know, like the strength is the weakness, but the, the, the rumination in my sleep is not a great thing. Do you have a dream you're chasing? A dream? Mm-hmm. Well, I, do, I don't really think of life like that, to be honest. Mm. Um, I, I think I'm pretty good at, I'm pretty good at sort of visualizing something that I, I want that seems completely out of reach. And 
um, getting really clear on what that thing is and why I think it's important and then practically figuring out the steps to get there and who I need to bring in and what I need to learn and what I don't need to know. I think that's, to be honest, I think that is my key skill in life is being able to dream of something that feels really far out and really ambiguous and figure out how to get there. Um, what inspires you? Um, I two two very different things. I'm inspired by people who find themselves living in the limelight, not necessarily out of choice. And they remain incredibly grounded and humble and calm. And there is that really self-centered energy about them. I find that incredibly inspirational of, of how they hold that anchor, even with all that attention. And the ego doesn't become front and center. Um, I also find people who intentionally this sounds a bit strange but they are very content keeping their life small so they don't want to grow their business any bigger um they they just are very happy with the way things are and it's not that they lack ambition but they're just deeply satisfied with what they've got and they are not chasing anything. And I think they are so few and far between that I find that inspirational as well. Last two questions here. Any advice you'd like to share? Um, with, I guess I'm often asked an advice around public speaking. Mm -hmm. um I, i'm not sure why maybe because people are afraid of it or um i've had a lot of people who tell me like i just look really natural on stage mm -hmm. um and my advice would be that that takes practice and work that people don't see but that and I say this because I'm not I was not a natural public speaker um being on stage can be one of the calmest places in the world which sounds like a very strange thing to say so and you discover that place when you learn two things the first is how you learn how to get on stage to truly give so to give people an experience versus needing to receive affirmation or approval. And the second is when you stop copying everyone else and down to the shoes that you wear. It's all about your comfort in your words and your body and your delivery. Um, you will find that space to connect with people.
Great, Antoine, how can our listeners keep tabs on you? What's our call to action? Um, I guess the best way, I write um, a weekly newsletter called Rethink with Rachel. Um, it's on Substack. And now 80,000 readers around the world. And it's a really wonderful community to join. It's full of people who are really curious and ask great questions. And it's how... I interact with people in a media, in a, I think a meaningful way that isn't sort of the noise of typical social media. So you can find me, if you're not on Substack as well, it's a great place. Um, so it's, if you look up Rachel Botsman on Substack, you'll find me. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on the show. You know, I'm a bit starstruck today. Um, I've been following <laughs> your work for a while and uh, yeah, just so happy to have you on. Thank you. Oh, that's so kind of you. And I hope the answers weren't too long or what you were looking for. No, it's perfect. Thanks. Okay. All right, Thomas. Take care. If you like today's podcast, I encourage you to have a listen to other episodes. You can easily find them at uniqueways.ca or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on social media. And thank you. It's you that makes these great, and it's you who these are for. Stay tuned for more Unique Ways.